Hello, and welcome to the Nerd Cops podcast, where we aim to protect and serve the sanctity of nerdum. I am your host of this episode, Nathaniel, along with my co-host, Casey. Hello. And Renner. Hi, I'm legally obligated to be here. ...about Black Panther Wakanda forever. Let's dive in. So, we've all watched the movie pretty recently, so I'll just start kind of really, really high level. We don't have to dig into any of the subplots yet. Just how did we feel about the movie overall? I'll let Renner kick us off on that one. It was good. I enjoyed it. I was excited because the first movie was good. I'm betting this one's going to be good. And it was. Okay, Casey? I Man, I absolutely loved it, to be honest with you. I thought they did a really good job in the storytelling and in, in terms of overall view, I loved it. Yeah, same here, same here. So I'll I'll dive into what I think is probably the biggest thing to start off with, and that's obviously the passing, the real-life passing of Chadwick Boseman. That was kind of what a lot of people were coming into this movie wondering how they were going to handle that. Um, so I'll give a quick summary, and then we can just kind of talk about how we felt about that and move on from there. So basically... We start off the movie with uh, Shuri's lab just kind of being in disarray. They're trying to figure something out really quickly. It's pretty, pretty quickly shown that um, Ch- uh, T'Challa. T'Challa. Yeah, I was trying to say Chadwick Boseman. Uh, <laughs> that T'Challa has some kind of disease and Shuri and the it, her lab is trying to figure it out. It gets to a point where Shuri basically is like, everyone needs to leave. I need to figure this out. As she is trying to figure it out, her mother comes in and she asks for T'Challa's vitals and he has died. We end up having a funeral for T'Challa and R- Ramonda, the mom, becomes Queen Ramonda and we kind of take the story from there. So overall, how did we feel about, I, I guess, two parts of it, just how they handled the actually storyline part of T'Challa and how they kind of use that to honor Chadwick. I actually really liked it. I was uh, going into this. I kind of was a little concerned, not that they would like mess it up or anything, but I was just, I I did no research. I knew nothing about this movie going into it. So I had no clue what to expect. And I thought they did a really good way or a good, really good job of uh, not only honoring Chadwick himself, but um setting up the story to be able to move forward at the same time. For me, I thought that they did a very good job setting, setting things up after, especially after seeing interviews done after the movie was released and stuff like that. And that people finally being able to talk about stuff. I think literally everybody was at a point where we're not sure how this is going to go over how we're going to be able to do this without Chadwick. And I think that they, they did a great job. I think they, um, I, I mean, I think that the only thing is, is like, I would have liked a little bit more of an explanation as to what specifically happened. Mm-hmm. But because you, you and I had talked about this a little bit the night that we saw it. Um, I would have liked a little bit more explanation as to, like, the how and the why 
Um, but other than that, like obviously we, we we're not going to get that. So it, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but other than yeah. that, it was a, they did phenomenally with, with how yeah. they set up this movie. Correct me if I'm wrong. It, in the movie, I just, I need a little reminder. Don't they say just basically like he got an illness and passed away? Yeah. It was just yeah. that. And, and right? it's, okay. It is that there's, there's a lot of allusions to the fact that it's a disease that he knew about and that he was keeping from people. Um, a lot of the way they talk about T'Challa's disease, I think is just a reflection of Chadwick Boseman's real life disease, which was, which he died of cancer. If, if y'all didn't yeah. know. Um, and I think there's an implication that he didn't technically die from cancer because it's, it did seem like a DNA level disease, which I, I, any doctors can go out there and correct me, but I don't think that would be considered cancer in this case. I'm not a doctor, so please don't <laughs> hold me to that. But that I think a lot of what they said in terms of how they interacted with the story was this kind of blurred line between T'Challa and Chadwick, which was interesting. And, and I think that's also why they left it kind of vague, if, if I'm being honest. I, and I don't know, but that's, that's right. kind of how I took it. Honestly, that's kind of how I was taking it, too. It was, yeah. They were just kind of blurring that line for one reason or another. So the, uh, I'll kind of transition into the other point, because one thing I do really like about this aspect of it is they just let the movie start like that, and they just sat in it for a little while. They saw, they they sat in the sadness, they they sat in the mourning, but then they, they turned it into a celebration of T'Challa slash Chadwick, and then pretty quickly moved on to the actual story of the movie. I thought that transitioned really well. There is still a lot of subplots that have to do with the grief of losing the Black Panther slash T'Challa. But the whole movie isn't just a, oh, we're all sad and we're all grieving. And it's not like a whole cry fest throughout the entire film. I would say for me personally, it started that way and it ended that way. Right. But there's a lot in the middle that they, they got to tell a story that wasn't completely based around that. So any other thoughts on that? And then if not, we can just go ahead and jump into some of that story. Honestly, I just absolutely agree with the uh, the beginning and the ending part. No yeah. comments we'll here either. The... Yeah. Okay, we'll get <laughs> to the ending part. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so basically, uh, I'm just gonna do some big big picture stuff. So basically, while Queen Ramonda and Shuri are talking, a I don't know what Namor is. Renner, you're a nerd. What what is Namor? <laughs> uh ancient mayan like what are we talking oh, about we talking about his like is he's not like a mermaid or a merman um is he just a human technically yeah he is he, a, he's a merman or he's just a human I, I mean he's just a human i guess okay but he's a mutant oh, yeah. he even he's says he's a okay. mutant yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which is another okay. which is another setup for future x-men for future oh. mcu releases I need that in my life. You'll get it. Someday. <laughs> I may be 60, but I'll Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, please. Please come back. <laughs> I mean, he is coming he back. He is coming not back. For this, he is coming back. It'd be really cool if they use that moment or movie of Deadpool 3 to like build up a new Wolverine. If he's not going to come back, I think that would be a cool way to do it. If nah, that's it's going to be his daughter. It. It's going to it's going to be his daughter. Like X-23? Yep. Okay. 
the same one or do you think it's a different one? It will probably, it'll probably be a different one because obviously the MCU universe is different than gotcha. the Fox universe, but it will be the same character. It will be that character. It's just a different one because Marvel does some interesting things with their universes. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I'm going to get us back on track here, though. So it, so Namor shows up, who is a mutant, and basically the, the general tension slash issue is in the past, King T'Challa has announced to the world that Wakanda exists and has vibranium. And now the whole world is like, we want vibranium because that's how that's how the world works. Uh, so and Wakanda's like you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'll let that. That's a fun scene. Uh, <laughs> um, but with that, basically, with everyone searching for vibranium, they learn that a different group of people who is who are led by Namor also have vibranium. So now his kingdom, uh, his group of people are no, becoming under a, a kingdom. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Are un becoming under attack or under threat, theoretically, because of this. And so Namor comes to them and is like, hey, you got us into this mess. You need to help get us out of this mess. So, um, yeah. yeah. Any questions with that? We, is that a good summary? Anything I'm missing? Uh, no, there? not really. I just wanted to throw out. Um, that like not knowing anything i literally knew nothing going into this movie that was so fun for me to watch mm, these like yeah. entirely i'm just gonna say new creatures because i had no clue what they were humans especially right out the gate like this guy you know grabbing a helicopter out of the sky i'm like w yeah. w what is happening just walking out oh. of the water was such an intense oh man and the in the when they sang did the singing thing and the people like yeah. i had no idea what was going on and it was so much fun for me i gotta say mm -hmm. so absolutely I mean, yeah yeah i just realized we should have put like a spoiler alert for <laughs> black panther uh that's fine <laughs> meh um <laughs> You know, I, know I feel like at this point, people should know. I haven't spoiled that much so far, so that's our spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So we're going <laughs> to dive into pretty much all the plot. So, <clears throat> so from there, basically what's been going on is they have this machine. Uh, seemingly, basically, the U.S. government have this machine that can locate. search for vibranium. Locate vibranium, exactly. And so Namor is set on finding the scientist behind it um and so and killing them and killing them was that known up front yes he specifically yeah. said you're to find the scientist yeah. and kill them yeah and everyone's like okay that's fine and then we find the scientist and she's what ni a 19 year old yeah. girl she's a college, student. a college student and so it's just like oh no we don't we don't want to kill her and so we'll go into this is Riri Williams, who is also known as Ironheart. I don't know if we've actually officially gotten the Ironheart title from her, but there's a lot of allusions to it if we haven't. So Shuri and Okoye are sent on a mission to basically find and capture the scientist for Namor. Through meeting her and interacting with her, they're like, okay, we're their goal is to say, hey, you know what, all 
all all Namor really wants you to do is just to stop doing bad things to to Namor's land. So why don't you? We'll just bring you to Wakanda. That should be fine. And Namor's people find them strongly disagree with that premise. Conflict ensues. I I did skip over a fair amount on that one, but I feel like that's a pretty good summary. Yeah. Yep. I'd agree. So with the conflict of Namor, that leads Namor to basically attack Wakanda. And the big takeaway there is one, Namor's crew is very powerful. And two, it does lead to the death of Queen Ramonda. As you can imagine, this leaves Shuri just completely broken. She's lost everybody. She's lost her father. She's lost her brother. She's lost her mom now. Simultaneously breaking her, this this is her breaking point. And this is where she really decides, one, she is now queen of, queen of Wakanda. And this is basically the events that lead her to take up the role of the Black Panther, which she has been really hesitant to do. Not even hesitant. She has refused to do up to this point, which I think that's a plot point we'll probably dive into more. But just on this level, that's pretty much it. So all said and done, we have new Black Panther in Shuri. We have this very powerful Namor. And effectively, we have the two armies behind each of these people, which leads to what I'd call basically the final fight scene. Um Ultimately, I don't I don't feel like I need to dive into all the little nitty gritty of the of the fight scenes. But ultimately, what happens is Namor's people overpower Wakandan, all the Wakandan warriors. But at the same time, Shuri and Namor are fighting individually somewhere else. And Shuri kicks ass. Shuri kicks ass. Um, And it's. It's really, I mean, it's it's genuinely really cool. The interesting thing is here is she does not kill Namor. Uh, he forfeits and appreciate because he's such a such a big character in the comic books. I'm glad it was not just a one and done storyline for him. Yeah. So we are going to dive into a little bit of a subplot here because it's the ending of the movie throughout all of the kind of drama slash battle. Nakia does make a return here. And once again, we might dive into that subplot a bit more, but I'm going to jump to the end where Shuri is basically finally allowing herself to really grieve over the loss of her brother and in turn, you know, the loss of her entire family effectively. And that's when Nakia decides to introduce Shuri to Prince T'Challa. Prince T'Challa. And that's when I cried a lot. Uh, <laughs> and that's when I saw him cry a lot. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, and Casey, you might be able to back me up, and that's if you can't, that's fine. I I do think being a parent does affect okay. how you view that scene. I I, I will <laughs> say being a parent changes movie watching entirely. You become a yes. big old pansy. All right. There. Absolutely. So yes, absolutely did. Real yep, men don't yep. cry. Real men just sweat from their eyes. so yeah um so at this point that's pretty much big story i've obviously skipped over a whole lot of subplots and stuff but that's your overall so i will just 
push this off to y'all for a little bit. Are there any particular subplots mentioned or not mentioned that you particularly liked? Let's focus on the liked portion, and then we might go into the other side if we have any. So for me, not knowing what the basis of this movie was at all, I really just thought on a very basic level that this movie was going to be very, very focused on her struggling with becoming the Black Panther. Now, of course, as you've already stated, and as we know, she did. She didn't want to take up that mantle, but I really thought that that was going to be the, let's say the premise of this movie, where it wasn't. Like, when it finally came down to the wire, she was just like, let's do this, and she was the Black Panther. And I, was, I, I kind of sat there going, oh, I mean, all right cool <laughs> so so and i mean this it, it's not really a good nor bad for me it was just it kind of switched up the script for me of what i was ex kind of just assuming um but I, I really liked what they did i really did like it was um it was really cool to see her go through her internal struggles and her grieving of her whole i mean essentially her family and you know come out on top and persevere through all of that I mean that was that was one of my favorite things is I love it when I don't I didn't expect what they gave me I guess is what I'm trying to get out there. That's fair. For for me I think I I can't believe I'm saying this on the podcast cuz I don't think I've actually said this to anyone before. For, for me I think I related a lot to Shuri's struggle with faith and the whole myth, uh, mysticality behind the um, ancestral plane and what that means as the Black Panther and stuff like that. Not wanting to try to trust in that and instead try to find a scientific and, ta and tangible solution rather than trying to find a... The, the, or trying to actually just seek the truth out. And I think for me, that's that's just something that I personally struggle with in a daily <laughs> in a daily sense. So I just I related to that a lot, especially when her not wanting to believe that, oh, yeah, no, like this is actually what's happening in the inset. Like this actually happened, wanting to deny that it happened, especially since it wasn't the outcome that she wanted with getting a uh, killmonger um at as the person who greeted her in the ancestral plane instead of her mom uh i just i i relate to that on a level that i wish i didn't but uh it, it just it just struck a chord in me and i was like yeah that's that's fair i even pointed it out to nathaniel after we saw it of just like it makes a lot of sense as to why she would still try to deny the ancestral plane being a thing when it's it's not giving you what you want if that makes sense and i'm not gonna go into like faith too much more so i'm i'm sorry about that listeners didn't need to hear me rant about that but uh that was just something that that struck me yeah. no that's that's good that's good what if i may chime in here because Maybe I missed a, a a part of the talking, or maybe they just didn't talk about it. But can we linger on a moment? Why exactly did she see Killmonger? Do we know? Do we have any theories? Mm, I mean, Killmonger technically even said it. Okay, he, like he he's the, he was there because 
Shuri was more than likely going to end up being a Black Panther like he, like him. R- like, just fueled by rage and hatred. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, okay, okay. I, I, I think do. it's more, to, to kind of summarize that, I agree. I think it's more of a summary of her feelings of that moment than it would be if with other people showing up. Because those were the thoughts that she was having. And I think that's what she needed to process. There is the also the reality of like it couldn't be Chadwick obviously um actually I don't think it could have been the father either so I think he is also passed in real life so it could have been theoretically it could have been Queen Ramonda but honestly not to bring this too much into the reality of things they didn't have that many options and I do think they went with the more interesting one I, I mean okay fair enough on that side of it but I mean, yeah. I, it's not going to be the first time that Disney's deep faked people. But also, then again, if oh. they tried to deep fake Chadwick, oh, they would have gotten so much backlash for that. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I know they have deep faked people who have passed as well, but th- it's very different circumstances. So that would have been. So that's called deep faking. I need to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, when you try to just pass a CGI, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Winner, but the way I think about it is if you tr- when you try to pass a CGI character off as legitimate and real. Uh, d- deep, deep faking can be anything from, hold on, let me give you the actual definition. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm not talking, I just mean specifically with the way Disney uses it. I know there's a whole other, much seedier side of deep faking. Um so a deep fake is a video of a person in which their face or body has been digitally altered so that they appear to be someone else, typically used maliciously or to spread false information. But with, as we saw in Star Wars with Carrie Fisher, as well as, um, oh geez, in Rogue One, uh, uh Admiral Tarkin, uh, with him... Uh, as well as there have been a couple of other times that Disney or a, a studio yeah, that Disney throw... owns has done even uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, th- this isn't Disney, but um, uh, if anybody has seen uh, one of the newer Terminator films, uh, there is a scene where there is a young Arnold Schwarzenegger, even though Arnold is not young anymore. Still, s- still good, though, uh, but just like he, he it it. It's a deep fake. Um, it's essentially digitally altering somebody to appear like they are somebody else. So, uh, if if they had done that, that would have gotten a lot of backlash. They were already kind of getting a lot of backlash, um, from uh, or at least now, uh, for using Chadwick in uh, What If. Mm, yeah. Um. E- even though at that at that point in time he had already passed and they were just using some of his other things that he had already said but yeah so uh moving on from that thank you for the clarification though renner i think you were currently i kind of forgot oh we were talking about killmonger in that so but renner do you have any any other thoughts that you want because you said you had lots of thoughts so i'm just um, i do uh i i would like to point out that uh for me at least how i saw this film um I liked the fact of there was there. Yes. As we've discussed, there were subplots, but the thing is, is this was kind of a single plot movie, which for the longest time lately in the Marvel universe, 
it has not been a single plot movie and or series. Mm. There's been so much happening. It feels like you're watching movie vomit. But I loved the fact that this had a sole focus and it was just it just it was a it was a nice change, if that makes sense. One thing we haven't talked about that much uh, is the introduction of Ironheart slash Riri Williams. And for me, I, there's like two two parts to this and they both make sense. But one, I thought it was a really fun introduction to her as a character. And I also am left just wanting more from her. But at the same time, that's fine because we're going to get more from her. And I like the fact that they used Shuri effectively to introduce her character because a few things. One, they are similar in a lot of ways. They are both young black female scientists. That's a pretty strong similarity. Um, two, this is a little bit of a nerdier thing, but. You, a lot of times in Shuri comic books and stories, she is tied with Tony Stark because they both basically kind of come to each other for scientific advice because they respect each other. Obviously, we can't do that anymore. So I like the fact that this could kind of play as that dynamic, maybe a little bit flipped, um, where Shuri is the more experienced one. Ironheart is the younger one but they both are geniuses effectively so that that one was cool looking forward to that one yep i agree and if i'm being honest with you i didn't know anything <laughs> about Ironheart, and i just googled a lot and she looks awesome <laughs> yeah and to be fair i don't know much about Ironheart. i i she's not in many shuri stories um it's more iron man and shuri that have that kind of stronger connection in the comic books so and again, we can't have that. So yeah. another thing, I'm just going to add these two characters and we can dive into anyone we want to. But Nakia and Umbaku were both really cool additions to the story. We got like the really personal, deep grief with Nakia and Mbaku, honestly, he's one of the only guys, good guys in this entire movie, which was really interesting. It was very much oh, a yeah. female female-centric movie in the most positive way. I loved it. So, of course. any thoughts on those two? I mean, for me personally, Mbaku, I, dude, I loved his role in this one. He almost kind of played like a like a minor yeah. mentor to Shuri. And it was it was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then, of course, Nakia, I um, I mean, her, her, her roles, her just coming back and Throughout the movie, she she was just like, well, I wasn't at the funeral because, and her gave her reasonings. I don't remember exactly what she find out, but she was the one, of course, at the end. And we find out really why she wasn't there. Yeah, a little bit more. And uh, her overall story was fantastic as well. There are a lot of gut punch quotes in this in this movie, um, but to me, she actually had one of the biggest ones, and it was. To so many people, he was king in Black Panther, but to me, he was everything. And that that was just a gut punch of a quote. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on just the movie as a whole? Otherwise, I'm going to jump into kind of more future looking and kind of see what we think is going on. There. Uh, yeah, I have one. Uh, Ironheart's first suit. Awesome. That was sick. Ironheart's <laughs> second suit. 
Jesus Christ, I thought we were going to have better animation uh, for this. Okay. Come on. Okay, okay, hold on. If we're going to talk suits, I'm going to start positively real quick, but we do got to... There's, there's an elephant in the room here. Uh, so one, Shuri's Black Panther suit, Chef's Kiss, loved it. Correct. Beautiful. Yes. But... But... Oh, I forgot what it's called now. The, 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 the Nighthawk... Things. The Nighthawk. Is it the Nighthawk? I thought so. Her, um... Like the weird owl-looking suits. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. Okoye. Okoye's new Akoye. suit. I think in the right setting... I, there's a part of me that liked it, but there's a giant part of me that didn't. Yeah. And I think in the right setting of something, or whatever that would be, I would have probably loved it, but it, it felt weird here <laughs> to me. Yeah. But and I have I, to agree. And I will say, I can say that I have seen this suit... Midnight Angel. That's that's what it's called. Um, oh, there it is. Ah, I have seen this suit in the comic books, and I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty accurate. Like it, it's pretty much what it looks like. But I don't know if it's just because it's on the big screen or what. But oh, it's it, it's a it's an interesting look, and I'm, I personally can't say I'm a yeah. huge fan. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. Every time uh, a Koya, Koye, a Koye. Okoye <laughs> spoke about it. I was like, yeah, you know, that's fair. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, she really didn't like that suit for a good oh, reason. She did. Yeah, she did not, man. It was it was hilarious. I do like the there there is a bigger subplot of that too that is really interesting. The whole like just refusal to take on anything non-traditional yeah. um was a really cool touch. And obviously they moved away from that at the end. Um, which was cool. I, th I thought it was a cool little sub story there. Also, just for any graphic novel fan, if you liked the story of the Dora Milaje, read World of Wakanda. It's a really interesting, it it's really focuses on them and their kind of relationships and stuff. So if there are any, if that at all interested you, that's a good read. So, okay, so let's do some forward looking. So the big picture, I would say we have, we have a new Black Panther in Shuri, which is really cool. We have... Ironheart, who you know, we're still just now getting to know her. And then we've got Prince T'Challa. And that one, I'm I let's focus on that one first because that's really interesting to me. One, I'm gonna jump to our resident comic book nerd. Is there any precedent for this character, as far as you know? Uh put him on the spot. <laughs> Unsure? If, you can just say I don't know. That's it. Uh, I don't know, but I <laughs> give me a second. Oh, oh no. Uh oh, um, that's not good. He survived the snap. Mm, oh, that makes sense. That's so why he's so old. That makes sense. I mean, so old being relative. So, what does that exactly entail? Then, what does that mean? I mean, he had to see his, he had to know that his dad died twice. So that really sucks. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's, yeah. <laughs> There's that. I mean, he's, he's old enough to have the direct experience with Thanos, which obviously that's not going to play into a bigger um, picture, but. So also, uh, Prince T'Challa the second, uh, comic book wise, uh, or technically it's, it's Prince T'Chaka the second. 
Oh, okay. Uh, so he's named after the dad, actually. No, no, no. He his name is still T'Challa, if I remember correctly. T'Challa the second is is the Marvel Cinematic Universe's like Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther's son. T'Chaka the yes. second is in the comics and is named after his grandfather. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So yes. And I when I said that's what when I said his dad. That's really confusing. I understand that. Yeah. I was talking about the King it's, T'Challa's dad. It's all so. good. Um, it's essentially, he, he's not, he doesn't become the Black Panther. Uh, it, apparently he has a current alias, but also he, it appears that he's only been in the comics a couple of times, like not a whole okay. lot. Um, uh, but he is the Cole Tiger. And it also looks like it's not like a suit that he wears, but it looks like it's more of a transformation interesting okay okay so there's there's potential that this character will come into play in the big marvel picture over time kind of mild spoilers for thor love and thunder but similar in ways that love does from that movie where she's very young we're not going to see her do anything now but we might grow into that kind of thing something to look forward to i mean i would assume all of the characters who are alive at the end of this movie are probably going to come back. I would think, I mean, I think it does specifically say the black Panther will, will return, which makes sense. Um, I just expect the Dora Milaje to appear. I'm really curious how Namor affects the future of the MCU because he, he is like, he's a pretty huge threat in the it'll, comics it'll he's be not just a black panther s- villain it'll be interesting to see the team up of hercules and namor are they do you know for sure they're gonna give us that uh, i'm pretty sure that's gonna happen i mean it makes sense it'd be that'd be oh yeah i mean that's interesting just... so i mean two is that a, is that a comic book thing or are you just saying that because two gods two gods i mean fair fair i can't uh can't dis- disagree so uh, there was the, i guess there actually is a subplot that we did kind of miss here oh goodness i don't know either of their characters names julia dreyfus and uh martin freeman uh our our, our favorite fbi hobbit and um uh his uh <laughs> scheming, s- scheming ex-wife i like seinfeld friend but yes that works too everett ross is martin freeman Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. That is a That's glorious a name. name. It is. It is. Okay, so they have a little subplot. Um, Julie, obviously with Everett Ross, he's been around since a while ago. I know he's in the first Black Panther. Is that where he gets introduced to the story? Ross is like the... technically introduced in Civil War. Civil War? Okay, okay. Okay, that makes sense. And then really with Valentina, that one has been more of a recent. I think she's really only been introduced in the Disney Marvel shows. I know specifically she was in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Don't forget Black Widow. And Black Widow. That was the other one. I was struggling to remember what the other one was. So, um, so yeah. So one, as as Renner alluded to, the fact that Valentina is Ross's ex-wife was a pretty big oh, oh snap, didn't know that. Um, other than that, honestly, I don't feel like there's much to report on there. She's she's kind of the she's the bad guy in the good guy role, if that makes sense. Like she she's doing bad things, but it's for the government, which are it's like she's the 
FBI effectively. So seemingly good guy, but always in the way, always on the opposite side of our superheroes, pretty much. And then you have Everett Ross, who's also in the similar line of work, but tends to be on the side of the superheroes. So there's some tension there, to say the least. Yeah, a little bit. But with that said, do you think that Valentina may be like the Amanda Waller? Yes. Like as a, as yes. Amanda Waller yes. is to Suicide Squad, Valentina will be that to a group of non-heroes that we have coming up. Yes. Uh, they're talking about the Thunderbolts. Thank you. Yes. So she's going to be like the equivalent of Amanda Waller to the Thunderbolts. At this moment in time, yes. I don't know if that's actually how things are going to play out, but yes. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of little stuff in play. Any any other things that we, in terms of future-looking things, anything else? Not that I can think of. Wakanda forever, man. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Nerd Cops podcast. Let us know your thoughts on Black Panther Wakanda forever. Uh, how did How did it hit you? Have you seen it yet? Thoughts on that. So you can tell us at uh, the links in the description of this episode. You can also check out our subreddit at r slash the nerd cops podcast. And we will talk to you later.